trying every week, but I'm really not convinced that we've ever gotten it right, to be, like, totally honest with you. <laughs> no. I mean, I think if we're a few seconds off, you know, I'm not saying anything important anyway, so, like, what are you going to do? It'll be fine. Never. <laughs> Welcome to the cast for another edition. We are the Spooky Succubus cast, an anti-racist, anti-capitalist, communist, uh, inclusive, intersectional anti-racist i don't know what antis and pros i said but fuck stuff the patriarchy and like most stuff (laughs) but yeah that's we talk about horror movies and um this week we just unboxed a large box of cheese on air so we're really excited love cheese (laughs) it was uh i got a very thoughtful kind gift from someone my my co-host my partner and in podcasting uh and i cannot wait to tuck into some cheese i don't even know what's in there but i'm a formaggio kitchen shout out to formaggio kitchen they're the tits they're so good uh it used to be right around the corner from a bar from my first bartending job uh and i yeah. went there all the time uh and i miss it i saw the f like the filigree f and i was like <gasps> i know that f formaggio i love it So it's actually good timing that I sent you a gift because I feel like I owe it to you to apologize for selecting this movie that we're about to talk about. This was... I agree. I needed an apology. A misstep. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what are we here for if not to talk about movies like this that really need to be addressed? Um, Wow. Wow. So I was watching this movie and... My husband was like, I'm in our studio and he's, he was in the bathroom, which is right next door. And he was like, what are you watching? It sounds terrible. And I was like, yep. And then he came and looked at it for five seconds. He was like, this is really bad. (laughs) I can't handle it anymore. So crazy. Yeah. Um, So the reason I like this movie is because for a couple of years and when I was really depressed, I thought like that I could make the last podcast on the left host like my like friends so I like anything (laughs) they liked I like I I was I was like really weird so they like always talk about Victor Crowley and I was like what is that so then I watched it and I think because they loved it I loved it but then when I watched it for this after unfortunately I have given up LPOTL because of reasons but um I was like Ah, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Isn't Victor Crowley the name of someone else, though, too? Doesn't it sound like someone from, like, a Victorian there, horror novel or something? There's an emo song or something that's goes, like, Victor Crowley, and I can't think of what it is. Well, what if it's just about Wait, this movie? Maybe. Who knows? Uh, emo song. We're going to look it up, because I just thought about that when you said there's it. There's a band called igniter the ballad of victor crowley does that sound familiar <laughs> uh no it's just like a line in a song i feel like it's like senses fail or like maybe Sayosin or something who knows i'm not sure Got but... it. it's honestly embarrassing that i'm like yeah yeah totally like um i like say it slaps um i like how... is Sayosin show me your booty hole no, I don't think so. 
what why do I have this memory of a song called Show Me Your Booty Hole? I do kind of remember that. It is Sayasin. Is it? Okay, remember? I'm wrong. Um, there's like, so the 2000s are coming back, right? Because we're all old and it was 20 years ago. Can it's you like, believe it? It's not great. It's not I'm good. I'm not, but not the, sure I'm like emotionally prepared for this. The... Uh, they're talking about like scene aesthetics coming back and like uh, like you know that like I forget what it was called. I was just watching a TikTok about it, but like that like really grungy like everyone was like drunk and on drugs and sweaty and their mascara running everywhere. Yeah. Those like really explicit club photos are like yeah are also coming I'm not back. I guess. I'm not going back. I'm not em- emotionally prepared. Um, but part of that is I'm not getting side bangs again. Can't okay. do it. Won't do it. Uh, can't stop, won't stop. Uh, but I think part of that is the music is also coming back around, which is maybe it's not the best time in American Baby, music history, but I enjoy it. If you're Rebecca Mancia, it never left. <laughs> it never okay? left. Always in the front bottoms until the day I die, okay? Have I mean, you missed the segment on the podcast where I apply lotion to my dry love hands? It. I love this snapshot. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> okay. Ew, it, Did we I even say mic... what movie we're like actually say it out loud? No, I hope the mic <laughs> caught my lotion queef though. Uh, hatchet! We're talking about Hatchet from 2006. Hatchet. Uh, this is this guy Adam Green. Like, it basically seems like a pet project of his that he like just really wanted to make this series. Um, this is probably the most offensive movie we've ever covered. I would say. We've done a lot of, um, like, really bad movies, but this is really bad. Oh, he wrote for Friday the 13th, The Game, which is, wow, what an unhinged experience. Oh, no. So, uh, yeah, it's actually a really like were... cool indie game where you get to be Jason and you get to, like, be different Jasons from different oh. movies. Does he like Friday the 13th? I didn't notice that he stole the closing scene from Friday the 13th, like, verbatim. And the, like, mannerisms and the whole plot, sort of, but made it about fathers and sons instead of mothers and daughters. Wow. Um, When I first went to Adam Green's Wikipedia page, he directed a movie called Frozen in 2010. And I was like, wow, he's he's the director of the Disney franchise Frozen. Let it go. Um, what a renaissance, man. <laughs> have you ever seen Frozen, the horror movie, though? Uh, I kind of remember it, but it, it's probably been a while. It's just like people on a ski lift slowly But dying. it has Sean Ashmore, who is Sean Ashmore. He's around. Oh, yes, I have seen this movie, and I think I was like, I'm not watching this again. Yeah. I don't know who Sean Ashmore... Oh, Yeah, we were just talking about him because he's in that movie, The Ruins, which keeps coming up, even though it's really bad, which we should probably just cover. (laughs) We should just do it, yeah. In fact, I'm going to add it to the list this very minute. Wild times. Um, But yeah. So yeah, this guy, I mean, he hates everybody. Everyone who isn't uh, like a... A surrogate for himself, like a nerdy white exactly. man. Exactly. He hates them all. Women, old people, fat people, black people, Asian people. It's bad. It's really bad. Although, you know, I love Dion Richmond because he's in Scream 2. 3. Scream 3. This this was, like, I bet he looks back on this part and he's like, why? 
Like it. He. It's I don't so think bad. he's very. He was also not another teen movie, which I also kind of love and have seen a million times. Um, but you know, I haven't seen it in a long while. It used to be on TV so much. Also, I mean, you know, I have bad taste in movies. Everybody knows it. I'm not trying to hide it, but. Uh, Joel David Moore, who plays Ben, are like yeah, where he's nerdy got hero. one of those faces, he's and he's from like just Grandma's Boy, which I've seen a bazillion times. I unfortunately own it on I DVD. Think, I don't think anyone else in the entire world could say they've seen Grandma's Boy more than one time. It's just, just me and douchey men. It's just me and like douchey white guys who have seen this movie thousands of times. It's so offensive. And you're like, it's horrible, but it just like brings a little twinge to my heart. You know, I've seen it so much. It's like a lot of nostalgia. Hey, no shade. But it's really <laughs> bad. It's a bad movie. My dad was, he went to, like, some, they made, you know, Anastasia, the, you know, 1998, 1997, like, Don Bluth animated classic. I've never seen it. Okay, well, I've seen it, I've seen it 900 times. Uh Apparently, they made a musical out of it, or, like, it's, like, a pretty, like, renowned stage show. And my dad, seemingly forgetting my, like, entire childhood, was like, oh, my gosh, we saw this show, Anastasia. And then he explains the plot to me, and I was like, do you know who I am? (laughs) Do you even know who you're speaking to right now? I can say every line to that movie. I know every song. I own the soundtrack, and I still have the CD. Uh, And it it was like one of those soundtracks where it had like multiple versions sung by different artists. I know all of them. I mean... Who do you think you're talking to, Jim? (laughs) You know, I mean, I guess, like, looking back, it must feel like just, like, a minor part in your life, but, like, totally shaped. Yeah, your kid was just, like, into this this stupid movie (laughs) that you, like, maybe caught glimpses of here and there, but that, like, shaped that child's life. It's how I feel about, like, Dirty Dancing. It's, like, fundamental part of me. Yeah. Including okay, the third so that is Patrick Swayze. May he rest in peace. May he rest in peace. That beautiful Joel man. Joel David Moore is apparently in Avatar. <laughs> like in Avatar? Yeah, Avatar two. No, the Avatar. Oh, he's and also two, in Dodgeball. He's in all the sequels. I'm like, where do I? Because he's just got one of those faces. He's you know? he was all over the place in the 2000s when we were coming like post feminist wave. Where like it was really cool to have like a lame nerdy guy be like, you know, courted by a really hot woman. Uh, yeah, who was way too cool for him. That he was like, R.I.P. Those were that. his roles. Thank God, may it turn over in its grave. Okay, he was in an episode of Sabrina the Teenage Witch, but I'm not. <laughs> I'm not remembering. Oh, Art School Confidential. That's what it is. <laughs> oh, my God. Talk about pretentious, douchey men. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my gosh. Okay, let's Wow, get... he's had quite a career. Yeah, okay, so we're 11 minutes in, and we've <laughs> not Run the gambit the s- of other Nary stuff. scratch to the surface, and I'm just Googling Joel's, I'm, or Googling, I'm... Just perusing, perusing his IMDb you. page. Hopefully he's a fine person. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, it's not, it's nothing to me. I don't care. 
Uh, all right. So we're in Hatchet. It's 2007. Can you imagine oh, you, the level of polo shirts in this movie? It's going to take us so long to get through this because I have so many feelings like immediately and they don't stop for the whole entire movie. Okay. My first line of my notes is, is that hero Robert Ingold? And it is. Yes, it is. Uh, and so- <laughs> you know what? Him and Tony Todd have built a career on just these like little spot parts. Good um, for her. Like, I'm so good glad. Good for her. Unfortunately, uh, Tony Todd's part in this movie is... Very racist. Mm-hmm. Um, less racist, I would say, than the... I Sean. know what you did last summer, Undertaker. Oh, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Sean is absolutely, like, the worst coded character. Okay, we're getting ahead okay. of ourselves. So here we are. Hero Robert Ingold is, is around. So two rednecks, Ainsley and his pa, Samson, played by hero Robert Ingold, are fishing in the middle of the night. Ainsley wants to leave, but Samson saw a, quote, 12-footer, and he isn't leaving without it. Ainsley pees over the side of the boat, but is startled by a huge fish, question mark? It's like an eel fish crocodile. I was like, when I first saw this movie, I was like, is Victor Crowley a shapeshifter? Like, because it's like I kind came of in, a creature feature? Yeah, I came into this blind, so I was like, do we have an anaconda situation on our hands? Um, but unfortunately... Speaking of anaconda, guess what is on freaking like, Hulu now? Anaconda. Why does this happen to us? <laughs> but hopefully people can, like, listen to our, our back catalog. Yeah, yeah, go through the back catalog, please. Uh, Samson relents, and they pull the boat over so Ainsley can get out and go. While away from the boat, he hears a scuffle, and when he returns to the boat, his paw is dead and in pieces. Ainsley... Paw? Pa! Ainsley is attacked by an unseen person, dismembered and disemboweled by their bare hands. And then in a painful soundtrack begins. I, I can't with this song. It's like part Marilyn <laughs> Manson, part Seosin, probably. It's really bad. I was like, this song is literally like the antithesis of Mardi Gras. <laughs> like, it's just really weird that it's playing while you're seeing like Mardi Gras party scenes. It uh, is this, a weird. This movie is an absolute like offensive garbage fire to, to new orleans yeah. like i also read that this is the last thing that was filmed in louisiana before hurricane katrina hit and it does not deserve that distinction oh my god it does I not know. jesus this is i mean the erasure of like the actual cultural significance of mardi gras unbelievable unbelievable bad and this movie just perpetuates uh so a mardi gras parade is in full swing meaning that white people are in the streets their tits are out beads drinking vomiting marcus marcus and like two other black actors and otherwise it's just like white guys everywhere everywhere i can see uh so friends ben played by joel david moore of grandma's boy fame and before we get into anything we have to know the Newberry Comics shirt. Oh God! Uh, Wait, so if you're not, but it's a new, it's a black new Newberry Comics shirt over a white long sleeve. Over shirt. a white long sleeve, of course, because mm-hmm. it's 2006. Uh, but yeah, this is if you're not from the Boston area, this might mean nothing to you. But for people from the Boston area, this is like I had a visceral reaction. This is this is like the if you. Think somebody's an incel and they're wearing this shirt. You're like, they're yeah, okay. okay. They've never I actually. Know, I know what I need someone. to know. <laughs> um, which sucks because Newberry Comics 
used to be like a cool like local chain where you could get like graphic novels and horror stuff and like vinyl and it just kind of like it just got weird into like a weird fanboy it was like at the beginning yeah like when fanboy culture became mainstream culture then it just got worse and worse and worse and worse yeah um man i hate fanboys anyway so friends ben and marcus played by dion richards of not another teen movie etc fame uh and some nameless buddies they don't even get names in the one of them is adam green oh the only one who talks uh yeah i think probably the like that guy is the director yeah um they have come down for the celebration but ben is a wet blanket and is only thinking about his ex christine wah, wah. uh ben wants to go to the, uh, on a swamp tour and only marcus is down enough and a good enough friend to go with him i don't believe maybe i'm wrong but i don't believe that anybody that was like a local to the louisiana area were would fucking run a tour at night you could just die I mean, they're alligators, right? I don't, I don't understand that. I've never been to New Orleans. I don't, I've never really been to, like, that part of the South, only the Southwest. So I don't really know what well, goes we on did, down Adam there. Well, Adam and I went on a swamp tour, but it was, Jan- it was January. Um, so that's another issue with this movie. Gators don't really come out except in the summer, I'm pretty sure. Oh. And if it's Mardi Gras, it would be sometime in, like, February, March. So right. Jacques. Um, but yeah, we surprise, didn't see surprise, this movie doesn't know anything about anything. <laughs> we went in January for my 30th birthday and we went on a swamp tour and we did not see um, gators, but we saw these really cute, like little beigey, kind of like warm brown raccoons that just like Aww. climb around in the trees and like hang out with each other. And then there are wild boars, um, which they're like, they're actually really cute because they're herbivores like they just kind of hang out in the swamp and like eat whatever is around and they're like basically an invasive species because i think like spanish colonizers brought them over and they're not like indigenous to the swamp so they just kind of like eat too many many plants so then the bugs can't eat them and then but like they all know all the boars know the like swamp tour captains so they oh. come over and then you can feed them sugar-free marshmallows and they eat right out of your hand and it's like super cute. That's adorable. And, hold on. Uh, it will, we'll put it on the Instagram. I'm, the one was super cute one is named Oreo and he had like black, black and then white in the middle. Cute. But it was fun. I mean, it was just like cool. Like we also learned a lot about like the local camps and like we saw camps that had like gone down during the hurricane katrina never been rebuilt and then we saw people that had rebuilt and like it just was like i mean you would love new orleans it's really cool like outside of so i mean i'm like who cares but um (laughs) adam's adam's cousin caroline lived there so when we visited she's like a food and drink industry like bartender server person so she took us to like the best places and Mm. we ate so good and that is the first time i've blacked out since basically college because i just drank so much and i kind of died but not eat like I don't know. You have to go. You Love have it. to I go. do want to go. It's not this. very expensive. It doesn't seem like this would be my sort of experience with it, no. Here, you guys come to Boston, and then we'll just road trip down there. It'll be super fun. Aw, fun plan. Okay. 
Slay an alert. So unfortunately, we have to keep talking about this movie. Uh, no, to- Tony Todd alert, though. Tony Todd's around being great, um, having like the best he, voice in the industry. His part was pretty funny. <laughs> uh, he's having a great time. Like, God, Tony Todd is American treasure. Uh, so the boys arrive at the swamp tour, but it's closed. When Ben knocks on the door aggressively, Tony Todd answers. He says that he's closed because he's not allowed to do tours at night anymore because insurance got too high. Someone tried to sue him last Halloween because they hit their head, basically. But the Tony Todd's delivery of the story is probably Hilarious. the thing that like made this movie kind of worth watching. But maybe uh, he also has face <laughs> makeup on. He's got like one eye painted in a diamond. Uh, I cute. Love it. He looked very cute. Yeah. Uh, he then points the boys towards the Marie Laveau tour because um, he's got to go tend to his birds. This movie is... <laughs> I love that he has to go tend to his birds. This movie is an insult to Marie Laveau. An insult. It's a, was a real, like, real person, real, like, woman of color that lived, like, a really transformative life for the, like, as a citizen of New Orleans and as, like, a BIPOC person, in, in the, like, in the city. So... Hundreds? I mean, y'all, I... <sighs> I don't know much about Marie Laveau. Are you going to tell us? She, I don't really remember. We went to the, like, this, like, kind of, like, off-brand voodoo museum. But basically she is, like, hailed as this, um, you know, like, the mother of, like, hoodoo and voodoo in New Orleans. And I Mm -hmm. think she was... She was an herbalist, uh, midwife. I think it's all, it's, like, this, the historical story always that... Like, women practicing anything outside of, like, men's medicine is automatically, they're a witch. Yeah, and I think... She had ties to her roots. I don't know a lot about the difference between hoodoo and voodoo, um, but they are, like, separate practices that are really, like, based in, um, like, Haitian and Creole cultural traditions. So I, like, I hesitate to speak on it. But, yeah, this, like, is, like such classic like erasure and i think she was always free like she was never an enslaved woman she was she was like, born, born a free, free woman of color died yeah. free yeah and she was pretty exceptional uh but yeah this movie has nothing to say about her really except for the just name drops her for no reason um so they go to the this like discount walmart marie Laveau house gift shop uh, ben sees a Victor Crowley shirt with a hatchet on it, and Marcus watches a cameraman, Doug, played by Joel Murray, who I know from Mad Men, of course. Oh, yeah. Fuck. I was like, I know I know him, but I don't know where from. Uh, he plays one of these. I mean, all the characters in Mad Men are sad, but one of like the really He's one of the characters. saddest. Yeah. Um, he, so Doug is directing two topless women, Misty and Jenna, to kiss. The actresses hate each other, but are looking to be discovered. And Misty is played by an actor who did family... Uh, Adam's Family Values. Do you remember? She's yeah, the she, little bathing suit. You'll be, I'll the, victim be the victim all your life. Yeah. All your life. Yeah. Um, Adam's Family Values. We should talk about that someday because there's that whole summer camp scene where um, the like Christina Ricci leads the like indigenous 
play like tribal players. Campers, it's like offensive, a, but you're also rooting it's also for like, them. I'm like, yeah, yeah. We'll, uh, we'll unpack it. But I do. I love Adam's family. I love the Adam's family. I love Adam's family values. Oh I my god, Fred Rumson. Yeah, he was like the saddest guy in that show for sure. Um, yeah, Freddie man. So oh, sad. and he was on Shameless, which. I like really went hard on like one to th- one through three seasons of Shameless, and then I was like, I can't watch this shit anymore. It was always it just like it's like sad. It just makes me sad. I don't know. Plus, I don't yeah. like American versions of British shows very much usually, like as a rule. But uh, so it is kind of like I'm sorry, we're like not even. <laughs> no, it is kind of like what. Well, I just feel like The Office is bad. Like, there are some funny parts, but generally it's, like, it's so much less funny than the British version. And I'm not saying that to be, like, controversial or be like, oh, my God, I'm such a purist. But the British version is just so unhinged that it makes my skin crawl in a way that, like, kind of gives me, like, a shot of serotonin. Uh, which Which you need. Maybe I'm just not well. <laughs> I think that's uh, what it is. I do like, I like the British version and I like the American version. I, it's one of the shows that I just like have seen a million times. So it just makes my anxiety, like ebbs my anxiety. But yeah, I whatever. Know I know it's not great, but whatever. Um, so All right, I'm going to stop interrupting you now. <laughs> so tour guide, Maybe. overzealous Sean, played by Pari Shen. Uh, poor man. I feel very bad. We uh, will talk about it. Yeah. Oof. My goodness. Leads the boys and our kissing crew to board the swamp tour that is already occupied by an eager couple, Jim and Shannon. Uh, Jim's played by the guy who's in office space. I forget his name, too. But he's around. Um, Where is it? Richie. Richard. Raquel. Rochelle. Rahel. (laughs) Whatever. Um, Do you think office space would hold up if we tried to watch it today? I feel like it's a pretty anti-capitalist movie, right? He's just like, jobs are stupid. Let's let's burn it to the ground, right? That's true. I haven't watched it Every time time. I Google Hatchet, I get the um, Gary Paulson book. Did you have to read that when you were in middle school? Uh, I kind of loved that book, yeah. I I read it when I was in elementary school, yeah. Remember when he has to go... Okay, this is unrelated to the movie Hatchet. (laughs) Remember... Isn't everything when, we've said so far? Remember when he has to go in back into the plane to get like the emergency supplies, and they describe like the wet decomposing corpse of the pilot in like excruciating detail. I don't really that, remember that part. I mean, obviously, it's stuck with me, but yeah, that I kind of like that book. Maybe I'll read it again. I want to. I'm getting into YA lately. I want to read books from my childhood that I haven't read. I just want to like experience them as an adult. Like I really liked The Giver when I was and I can't even really remember I, why. Um I have read The Giver as a grown up. I actually have a copy. I'll mail it to you if you don't have one. Um but I think it's still good. Yeah, still I really up. like it. Mm-hmm. There was also uh, a book that I read over and over was uh the last book in the universe or something like that. And it was about this like boy named Spaz who like just was like running around collecting books. I don't even really remember, but I remember it meant a lot. And I remember his name. But yeah. yeah. Wait, anyway. we'll have to find it. I also was okay, this is obviously off topic again, but I was really into the Madam Madeline Langle books. Like, um shit, she was like a sci fi writer. Hmm. 
like a YA sci-fi writer, and she wrote the series, uh, the Wrinkle in Time series. Did you ever read it? No, I never read them. I mean, I've oh heard my of god, them, I wasn't okay. really into sci-fi. I re- I have been trying to find Christopher Pike novels to read them again because. They were just, like, always really scary and sexy, and me at, like, eight was stealing them from my sister, like, reading them under the covers. Ooh. Yeah. I haven't read a Christopher Pike novel before, actually, but I'm just reading, my whole thing right now is just picking up, like, anything. Like, I'm just, I'm, it's my year of saying yes to reading stuff. Say yes I'll just read whatever. Book. Yeah. <laughs> I was reading a Christopher Pike novel when you were here. It's, the, it was really bad, but, like, fun. Yeah. Um... So we're on the we're on the swamp tour bus, and so we've got the couple Jim and Shannon who are old and fat, so watch out. And then we have a brooding solo Mary Beth, uh, who doesn't want to talk to Ben because who would want to? He sits down next to her and tries to make idle small talk, but she's not into it. Sean and tell- he's not taking the hint. He can't because he's a white guy. Uh, Sean tells them about the St. Louis Cemetery. That is said to hold the remains of Marie Laveau. That's kind of the last we hear of her, even though it's the Marie Laveau tour, swamp tour. I'm confused. Yeah, I don't understand the branding either. Uh, the gang get, gets to the swamp, and our multi-talented host, Sean, is also the captain of this rinky-dink little swamp boat. Um, to be fair, it's pretty easy to drive a pontoon boat. Um and later in the movie, when he does crash into the rock, it sort of seems like he was aiming for the rock. Uh, yeah, I was a little confused about what exactly he was, like, distracted. I don't know. Uh, but a man in a rowboat tries to shout to Sean that the swamp is closed, but he ignores him, telling the passengers that this man is crazy and he drinks his own piss. He can't get the boat to start, and the passengers can't hear the rowboat man yell Victor Crowley. The boat finally kicks in, and the man says to himself, they're all going to die, and then he drinks his own piss, which is disgusting. Uh, I, wish, I wish that they hadn't done happen. that. I don't feel like we needed to do that. Yeah. No, it was unnecessary. Uh, on the tour, they pass Victor, Hatchet Face Crowley's old house. The legend, uh, as Sean tells it, is that he was deformed, and his father went nuts and hit him in the face with a hatchet. Sean said, uh, says late at night you can still hear him call out to his daddy and then mimes the voice daddy uh, Mary Beth contradicts him and says that's not the story and it's not even the right house that they're in front of Sean freaks out and the script script makes him do a very racist caricature of, it, of a gibberish language that I think they just made up uh, it's not great Uh, So he then stops the boat and directs everyone's attention to a small island where they should be able to see ghosts, ghosts, which are really just uh, swamp marsh vapors. Well, I thought they were cool anyway. I don't know why everybody had to shit on them. Yeah, like, it's interesting. want to shit on Sean in this movie. Uh, Sean says that allegedly Captain John Donovan buried treasure there and left two of his crew behind to guard it but cut off their legs so they couldn't run away. Foreshadowing. Foreshadowing, yeah. Uh, when Sean turns the lights on, everyone sees a glimpse of a bloody man, like, scamper off into the woods. While Ben is yada yadaing about his ex-girlfriend to Mary Beth, Sean crashes the boat into a rock that he was headed straight for, he and they like, get stuck. It happens so slowly, like, yep. Just then it starts to rain, of course. Jim thinks they should get out of the boat and try to get help on the island as he's jumping... 
because uh, they're like near a tree. So they're using the tree to get to the island. As he's jumping onto the, the tree, a hand reaches out of the water and grabs him. Mary Beth shoots it and says they all have to get to the shore or there will be a feeding frenzy. Misty is freaking the fuck out while climbing the tree to the shore. Mary Beth and Doug all, she, Mary Beth and Doug all fall in. Doug isn't fast enough. It was pretty hilarious, yeah. And then Doug with the, like, fake alligator. Uh, He's not fast enough and nearly gets eaten by a fake alligator. Uh, They all get to safety further in the woods. Sean confesses that this is only his second tour, and he just moved here from Detroit, and his brother told him he could make money doing this. Mary Beth confesses that she took the tour to look for her brother and father who went missing in this swamp last night. She says they need to get out of here because these are Victor Crowley's woods. It's I bad. love her. She really delivers like a terrible performance, but she's really serious I, about it. I stand by it. Yeah, like she's very earnest. Exactly. Uh, she tells the story, uh, the true sto- quote, true story of Victor Crowley, uh, who is horribly disfigured, and his dad hid him away alone in the ca- in their house in this cabin and on this island. In a flashback, bothering no one, bothering no one, just living their life. Uh, in a flashback, we see Mr. Crowley spoon-feeding Victor, uh, and then they seem pretty happy. They seem okay together. Uh, they go yeah. to the store, uh, and while Mr. Crowley's inside, neighborhood kids come out to taunt Victor, uh, who turns and scares them with his appearance. One Halloween night, teenagers try to taunt him by throwing fireworks at the house. They accidentally set it on fire. When Mr. Crowley comes back, he tries to get inside, but the fire is already spread. He takes a hatchet to the door and chops the door down, not knowing that Victor was pressed up against it. He hit him in the face with a hatchet, killing him. Mr. Crowley then became a recluse and died 10 years later of a, quote, broken heart. From that point on, people started disappearing from the swamp. People say that Victor Crowley haunts the, the woods. Despite what Sean thinks, they are very close to Victor's house, which they see, like, in, like, up on a hill, almost. <laughs> it it's feels like, like very... it would have been hard to miss it. It's like, how, like, you didn't Like a lightning strikes, there. and they're like, oh, there's <laughs> yeah. this huge house oh, right cool. in front of us. Um, as the gang starts walking, Jim being supported by Marcus and Sean, they hear ominous rustling. Shannon tries to carry Jim alone when the others retreat, uh, and they're heading for the house only to be attacked by Victor. He hatchets Jim to death, uh, like in a very, very drawn-out scene. Uh, Everyone runs off, leaving Shannon to get her jaw ripped open, ripped in half from behind by Victor. The little tongue comes out. Um, (laughs) The kills in this movie are like, some of them are really fun, but some of them are a little (laughs) too far. I mean, yeah, the tongue is kind of fun, but, like, why Shannon? I don't know. I think generally the, like, limbs are just kind of, like, goofy because they're, like, boing! (laughs) They just, like, pop out. Fly off, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Mary Beth finally shoots Victor in the chest, and then everyone runs off. Almost everyone meets back up in a safe safe spot, and Marcus climbs a tree. I don't like it. Uh... Like I feel like it's anything. coded. Uh, yeah. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk, talk about, about it. Can I also just say, Mary Beth, you know they're Victor Crowley's woods. You know people die when they get close to the house. You Yet you they know, walk you already, closer to the house. You already know what happened. Why are you out here? You know. You know, girl. Uh, search search your soul and it'll tell you. Yeah. She, I, she really just leads everyone to their death. 
for no reason at all. It is. Yeah, she's pretty ineffective. Yeah. Uh, so Doug was separated from the group and is absolutely panicly, panicking. He stumbles and runs right into the very not dead Victor Crowley, who twists <laughs> Doug's head all the way around, killing him like his, his like, like neck folds. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. I love it. Uh, Marcus starts calling Sean names and making racist asides. Sean punches him and they tussle. Uh, They're then pulled apart by Ben. Jenna finds Doug's camera bag, which also holds a flashlight. It turns out that Doug was lying about his name and producer credentials just to shoot his own porn. They hear it's not very exciting porn, like uh, just like topless women, like like in different scenes. Same thing over and over, right? Like. It does feel like they take their tops down, they kiss me, and they go and then like is that exciting? I guess like I guess my question would be Girls Gone Wild did it, but are the woos like desirable? Like do the woos attract the common man? What does the woo do? So part of the uh, I think part of it is like women being goaded into becoming topless by men. That's, like, part of the Girls Gone Wild is, like... Yeah. Women being convinced by men to become topless, right? And so, like, the woo is their affirmation of, like, no, we really did want to do this. You're not being a predator, right? Every, like, woo I've ever heard in a context of being goaded to take your top off by a man is usually, like, a very, like, dead inside. Like, woo! Like it's you. Yeah. You can see there's like without no any soul behind it. Yeah. <laughs> water and break. these women are no. Yeah, water break. They are no exception, especially because they think they're getting paid for it. They think they're actors. Um, turns out they've been taken advantage of by. A I also white guy. like. Surprise, I think surprise. that he could have just been like, "I'm shooting this for my personal collection. I'll pay you." Yeah. Like, just be transparent. You be know. Obvious. Be out, out loud and proud about it. There's nothing wrong with porn, but you have to be honest no. about it. But don't and like, pay <laughs> the workers fairly. Don't shoot porn under pulse pretenses. Pulse pretenses. Exactly. <laughs> uh, they hear Misty's cell phone going off. I don't know But they are back where they started and just went in a big circle. Mary, Beth, and Ben go to Victor Crowley's house to find a weapon to fight back. Makes (laughs) sense. And in the dilapidated house, she finds the the pieced-up remains of her father and brother. Outside, Misty can't get a signal, and they hear a rustling and grunting coming from the bushes nearby. They make Marcus... I have to say, this scene was was kind of like, besides making Marcus do it, it was pretty funny, yeah. (laughs) Besides that, yeah. Uh, so they make Marcus investigate, but it's just a cute little raccoon. And just then Victor jumps out. He's always like, like surprise. It's even though he's this like big hulking thing. I just love that. They're like in the one bush looking at the little (laughs) raccoon. And then he's just like in the other bush, like, Hey, (laughs) (laughs) surprise. It's also, it's pretty funnily set up because the raccoon bush and the like people standing off to the side is all in one long shot, so you can see it all happening. It's really it's, funny, and it's pretty long. It's like a few minutes long. Um, I have to say, there are moments of like, kind of like inspired filmmaking, but yeah. there, it's just all like overshadowed by just how fucking offensive it is. It is very offensive. 
Uh, they make... Uh, yeah. No, we already did that. So when Victor Crowley jumps out, he's wielding a chainsaw and not a hatchet, even though the name of the movie is Hatchet. Uh, Only one hatchet kill, and I would say hatchet's small and handheld. Uh, and this is fully an axe, but, yeah. you know, whatever. <laughs> uh, he saws Jenna's mouth, saws into her mouth in a very overtly sexual uh, way. Mary well, Beth, it's not over yet because she's going to get impaled. She's suffering <laughs> still. Mary Beth comes in and hits him in the head with a pickaxe, which she then immediately drops. Sean crawls for the axe, but uh, Victor Crowley chops off his leg. Wow. Just like he said. Uh, Mary Beth shoots him and shoots him, but the others pull her away, leaving Sean to get decapitated by a shovel. Uh, Very fast, lucky Sean. His head is, bam, off. Meanwhile, Jenna, her face has been sawed. She's bleeding out with like, a half-sawed face. She's trying to crawl away. Just trying to do something, yeah. And then she gets impaled on the handle of the axe. That's Very what you slowly. get when you're a slutty slut that shows your boobs. Slut. Uh, Mary Beth is convinced that Victor Crowley is the poltergeist-type entity that is trapped on the night that he died. And then she says that that thing was never human. Like, okay, back it up, Mary Beth. You You were the one that told the story about how he was minding his own business and was burned to death and slash hatcheted to death because of, like, ableist, shitty townspeople, and now you're jumping on that bandwagon? Rude. Think about what you're doing, Mary Beth. Pull back. Have some empathy. Just then... Oh, wait. You're dead. You're good. Thank God. Just then, Victor jumps into the circle. Like, what up? What's up? It's me. You guys. He just kind of like he's here. So he's like, wow. Like the way he jumps up is like, it's it's very 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 agile, very mobile, and like quick on his feet. You know. And he's yeah, like a big hulking figure. Um, Why he's just always popping out of bushes. It's really. Uh, but Ben uh, manages to pitchfork him in the back, and they all run. At a resting spot, uh, after the little jog, Ben thinks that the ghost, or thinks that ghost or not, they should fight back against Victor, because if they don't kill him, he'll kill them. He remembers seeing... Wrong. Why Uh, are you still here? Leave. Go away. Just get out. Uh, There has to be, like, there has to be, like, a band, like, a vicinity in which Victor operates that has, like, the house as a nexus. Like, he can't, he can't go anywhere, right? He's stuck on the night that he died, so he can only kill in that range. Right, so why are you just staying there? Prolong. They just like keep getting lost and listening to a white guy. It's like a whole thing. Uh, listening so, to Ben is the worst mistake they could have made. Goodness. They should have stayed in the tree with Marcus, even though that was, was a racist coding. Was very racist. He was safe. Yeah. Uh, they could have stayed there till morning, at the very least, and figured out how to get out. But um, could have just stayed in the just boat? like Katniss in the Hunger Games, you know, hide in a tree. Exactly. Wait for safety. I'm behind it. Um, it worked. So he remembers seeing uh, gas canisters at the house, and they all go back, abandoning the plan to get away, which was a better plan. To distract Victor, uh, Marcus and Mary Beth start taunting him and calling for him to come. Uh, Misty is standing by herself as, like, a lookout. Uh, she's killed off screen, and her dismembered body parts are thrown at Ben, uh, which is a bad scene, but was kind of funny. Just like, the, he just, like, with like a whole torso, you would get oh. knocked to the ground. <laughs> the like, whole I don't... torso? 
Like someone's entire torso is thrown at it you and weighs, you're just like, It has ah. to weigh like 80 pounds. Yeah. <laughs> um, the other two rush to Ben's aid um, and are able to set Victor on fire. But just then. Mary Rain- Beth should have cut and run. Get uh, away from Ben. Take Marcus with you and leave him here. Uh, yeah, or like Marcus, get out. Leave these these people alone. They don't deserve you. I don't know. Marcus, you knew he knew this. The vibe was off. He knew he shouldn't have done it. He didn't want to be there anyway. This is all Ben's fault. Ben, you killed There's your best friend. Something in Dion Richmond's, uh, like, I don't, something he always plays a character who knows. He's, like, a very meta character. Like, he did the same thing in Scream 3 where he's, like, of course the black guy dies first because he's, like, this fake Kenny character. And then the same thing in Not Another Teen Movie. He's, like, always commenting on the fact that he's the only black teenager in this teenager movie. And he's kind of doing the same thing here. It's very strange. It's, like, a very niche little pocket that he's... I wonder if he's done that in any other films probably i just haven't seen them would Uh, you believe i'm gonna go to imdb wow i've never been there what's it like uh so (laughs) magical (laughs) magical uh so rain starts pouring and puts out the victor carly bonfire uh victor looks out cold and the three remainders run through the cemetery looking for a way out through the gate they find it but surprise it's victor again he's here uh the gate is i don't like closed or part of his i'm not sure what happens but he like unclear he like throws mary beth up against it and then pins ben to the ground spitting what looks like Spit. Semen? It looks like cum. Yeah, it looks like opa- very opaque cum into it's his like, globs of it. It's definitely like a cum vibe, yeah. Um, the three are able to get out, but Victor grabs Marcus and pulls his arms off and breaks his body over a gravestone. Rest Which in peace. has the name. Hold on. Let's just note, this is the black character, the black man, smashed against a gravestone mm-hmm. that has the name Green on it, which is the name of the director. Like... Ugh, I didn't. I you didn't just, look at the name like of an, the gravestone. Doesn't it sort of feel like an open proclamation of like Ew. racism? Like I don't, I don't like know. that. How is anybody? How is anybody like allowing this movie to be in the cultural canon? Like, I vote oh. for expulsion immediately. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Mary Beth and Ben run. Uh, but Ben is sick and vomiting because he just swallowed this man's cum. Uh, he thinks he hears the river, or she thinks he she hears the river and pulls Ben towards it. Victor Crowley throws a cemetery gate spike that impales Ben through the leg, but the two are able to dislodge it in time to impale Victor through the neck. He spits blood and appears dead. Mary Beth and Ben get to the river and find her dad's boat. What? They don't make any moves, like any, no urgency. Like, you know, this is an unkillable like, poltergeist. Tri- triumphantly. They, they've they're... shot him. They've set him on fire. Like, you what know do you he's going to come back. dead. He can't die. They're just floating along this boat like they've not a care in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, so as they start to sail away uh, very sleepily, Mary Beth cries for her dead family and then is dragged into the water. She gets tangled in some branches, and Ben's hand lowers into the water. She grabs it only to find out it's Victor Crowley. Ben is alive, but down an arm, and she screams, and Victor screams, and then mercifully, 
It just cuts the, to black. The cut is so weird. <laughs> Abrupt. There is well, no... Well, I guess the cut is so, like, this was always intended to be a sequel, so the cut is so, like, the second one can pick back up exactly in that moment. Abrupt. But I'm not fucking wa- I'm not fucking watching that. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, yeah, death abrupt. Oh my gosh, where doth we even begin? Uh, it's I I don't know what to do. There everything about it's like, yeah, we were talking it's uh ableist, it's racist, it's misogynist, it's uh fat phobic, homophobic. It's so it just has everything bad going on should we start with classism because i think that might be the easiest one (laughs) sure yeah i mean just like even the economy of new orleans and like i guess this was pre-hurricane katrina obviously but like even just like the idea of these like shitty college kids going to this town to just like fuck it up upsets me yeah, it's definitely awful, and, like, that is at the expense of working people. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know, like, you don't, people don't think about, like, somebody has to literally hose your vomit off the street. Like, that's someone's uh-huh. fucking job, dude. Like, it's just so bad. And then, like, the working class people outside of the city, like, Samson and Ainsley are kind of just, like, played for laughs. Like, this, and Jack Cracker, like, this obsession with pee with pee, is really yeah. weird. Um, like, Ainsley is played for laughs because he's peeing and doing something, like, con- like base, you know, like. And he's, like, spit, he's got chew, and they're, like, yeah. has, have really, like, over-exaggerated character accents. But they, yeah, Green just strips these, like, people down to like their kind of like base impulses like I have to pee I can't pee off the boat so like it's just like basically laughing in the face of human habits that we all share but like it's somehow like more disgusting when poor people do it or something it's also (laughs) like it was a weird take interesting that like in a culture like in a very diverse city like New Orleans we are focusing on these like sort of cut and paste white southern people as opposed to like the multitudes of culture that exists in new orleans so it's and like i don't know has a really good horror movie ever been made that's set in new orleans like and is really nuanced and like deeply explores the cultural like significance of that city like Coven season three of American Horror Story Ooh. did it, but it was it wasn't good. It, it was wasn't racist. Good. It was yeah. awful. Like it was a really really like gross misrepresentation of the city and kind of like a the weirdest thing was like the Madame Lalaurie who is like a well known slave owner who like tortured her enslaved people to the point that they were like dying in like pretty significant numbers in her home and Mm -hmm. like much of the new orleans societal like um makeup like people in society were like overlooking this fact and they do like humanize tried to humanize her and like yeah this relationship with with uh, um Gabbidae. Gabbidae. Oh, fuck we Gab- do this every Sibidae. time it's like i, I don't know yes. how to pronounce her last name 
But yeah, they like humanize her and basically are like an apologist for her and like make her this sort of like reformed character that, um, you know, establishes this relationship with Queenie and Mm. the like the fat black witch from the coven. And it also is weird because it's like fat girls <laughs> together or something. But there's this extremely misguided scene. I mean, I love where... Kathy Bates. But that's also part of it. This is this is not an admonishment of Kathy Bates in any way. She's like, just trying to get that paycheck. And it's she's the... like usually the best part of American Horror Story, but not this season. What's the uh, guy? But yeah, What's remember the they put her it? Ryan Murphy. Um he's not well. Uh but they put her decapitated head on uh like this counter and they force the decapitated head of like delphine lollery to watch roots Mm. and then the head is like crying as it watches roots and i was like somebody made a misstep here we lost the plot somewhere but yeah they're i mean it's like why set a movie in New Orleans, if you're going to, number one, not really set it in New Orleans. Could like, be you're in gonna Florida. Film Could be anywhere. Wherever. Yeah, like, you're going to play the city just for, like, the stereotypical, uh, like, you know, view of what, like, the French Quarter and just, like, I mean, the parts of New Orleans that are touristy and not, like, really explore the city and then set it, like, hinging on white people, like, yeah. outside of, I don't know. It's, it was they just, use like, the city to, choice. like put Ben in this context of like he's not into partying because he's really sensitive and he's trying to get over his girlfriend and then his these like unnamed buddies and his friend Marcus are just like all about tits and drinking and he's much better than that and he wants to be with Mary Beth because she's sensitive too it's just like why he's like like, manipulating this weird nice guy syndrome like super hard and I mean, the, like, nice guy syndrome of, like, the nice guy is Ben, the white guy, and then mm-hmm. the, like, bad guy is Marcus, the black guy. Because he'll like, fuck just, anything. Because he'll fuck anything. He overly caught, sexualized. Cra- caught crabs from a waitress, mm-hmm. hypersexualized, like, super focused on partying and, like, seeing boobs. It's, like, so twisted because then, like, Ben is really the villain because Ben pushes Marcus to do something he doesn't want to do. Yeah. He, like, pushes him pretty hard, like, won't take no for an answer. And, and then, probably should have just stayed home if he wasn't, if he was going to make this trip terrible for everyone. Yeah. Like, you're the problem, buddy. Go back to the hotel and, like, take a nap or something. I mean, so, yeah, they, like, all of the... Uh, tropes that are used against black men in horror movies, like dying really they graphic all con- deaths, like convene on sexualized. They yes. make this man climb a fucking tree. Are you fucking kidding me? What? I'm upset. I know. I had zero zen. Like also, no like zen. his hunt for white women. It's very bad. It's all really bad. It's so I, awful. It's so bad. I'm really sorry, Dion Richmond. I hope you got a really good paycheck for this. I hope you're doing well. He probably but didn't. <laughs> <laughs> probably didn't. I also don't like the juxtaposition of uh, Marcus's character and Sean's character because it feels like they're using Marcus as a sort of like, uh, like surrogate in order to say racist things about Asian people because it's said uh-huh. through the mouth mouthpiece of a black and that, man. That's like that's a real issue that affects. Percent. Yeah. Yeah. Like 
used to, like, during the Rodney King riots in L.A. in the 90s, like, there were these kind of, like, turf wars between, like, Asian communities and black communities. Mm -hmm. And so police violence was, like, running rampant because there was this, like, misguided messaging where those communities were put into competition with each other for, like access to resources and I mean, space that and housing now. everywhere everywhere yeah, yeah everywhere but i feel like that's that like the 90s in la are an example of like we saw the outcomes like we saw what comes of that like kind of messaging and manipulation by white supremacist structures you know is that but yeah still it's like, white supremacy to put marginalized people exactly. against each other so that we're not really thinking about our racist infrastructure in this country i so obviously adam green the director hates women black people um poor people i would argue he hates asian people the most the most <laughs> the things marcus says to him like he calls him jackie tucker and he yep. says um a line about like uh Song of the South and uh, Enter the Dragon. And it's just like, yeah. it's really... I, nonstop. Nonstop. I don't it's like so it. It's so cringe. So Everything first of all, that is Sean said about the tour Sean. guy, played by Perry Shen, as discussed. Um, he is an actor from Queens, New York. And so I did a little exploration on like some of the other things that he's been on to see what his voice really sounds like because of the affectation that the director forces him to take on. So he starts with an extraordinarily offensive Creole accent. And then we find out that he is like a con artist and he's really from Detroit, which is a primarily BIPOC city, uh, which is usually coded as bad and dangerous. And we know is a place where communities of color are underserved. So he's already like coded as like bad or like a con artist. And that's affiliated like pretty directly with Detroit in Mm -hmm. like the viewer's eyes. Um, So he did a run on General Hospital in like 2011 to 2013 as a doctor called Brad Cooper and has no accent, no Mm -hmm. such affectation at all. So this like kind of Chinese slash Cantonese affectation that he takes on as Sean is entirely false and one of the most racist things I've ever heard in my life. Well, yeah, it's very racist. But they also paint him as, yeah, he's like a carn artist. He's, he's a, a liar. Thief, he's a liar. Yeah, but he's they dodgy. move him from this Creole accent, this like fake accent, to this into, like, like fake, fake Chinese a, accent. Yeah, accent. And then he, like for a brief moment before he's murdered, uh, has like an American no English yeah. accent. So it's yeah it's like painting him as someone you can't trust he's like played for laugh constantly these his tour people don't trust him they think he's ridiculous he doesn't know how to do his job well because he is can't drive his cards written he's like bad at driving the boat when he's driving the bus he almost runs into someone um he's just like it's every racial stereotype he's like he I don't know the, the things that the his costuming he's got a cape and a ridiculous hat and like it's just it's all bad it's, it's so, so bad. bad uh and then another piece of evidence that I present to the court um to support Adam Green hating Asian people is the tagline for this movie do you know oh, the God. tagline no I don't <laughs> it's it goes as follows it's not a remake it's not a sequel and it's not based on a Japanese one Ah! Oh my god. Where is he? Let's and he's also it's not like 
I think a lot of the times we're also guilty of this is like blaming everything on the director, which is true. Uh, that's easy to do, but I mean, you should also I, be blaming the writers, but he's writer and director he, this of this. his brainchild, yeah. Little um, racist diamond. I can't. So I say we dox Adam Green, director of Hatchet. Yeah, where does he live? Let's burn it down. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, no, I'm being we facetious. don't. Facetious. Can you we see? don't advocate murder. <laughs> wink, wink, Boy, on this podcast. Yeah. Um... <laughs> so racist and then yeah like we see honestly i think maybe 30 seconds into this movie we no because we have to go through the the classes scene first but like after this really bad title sequence the first thing we see are tits um they're all over the place these like actors don't get any real backstory except for that jenna is going to nyu but she didn't really go there she went to hofstra instead Adam um, Green went to Hofstra. Get off your own dick, bro. Why are you dick. so obsessed with yourself? I'm really upset that he he like wrote on the Friday the 13th game, which I really actually like a lot. Uh, but uh, they're like, yeah, they're just like sluts. They're stupid. They're whimpering. One of them gets doesn't even get like any backstory at all. Misty is just blonde and stupid with tits. Like she gets no story. Why? They didn't even make her believably stupid. It wasn't even, like, fun, a fun character. Are you sure 911's the number? Like, it's just, like, I mean, and I love when a movie doesn't take itself seriously, but I also like when it can poke fun in itself, and I don't. I think Adam Green is setting himself on a pedestal. His and he's making and fun ben. of any other, like, less socially privileged identity, <laughs> basically. He, like... Very barely, the interactions between Ben and Marcus are like Marcus gets in a couple jabs at Ben, but then Marcus is also like the more ridiculous character because he's like he's a slut and he got crabs and he's like trying. And then you see like Jenna scratching her crotch, so she probably has crabs. And it's just like this. And then Ben gets to be like the one who survives the longest and like also just destigmatize crabs that could happen to anyone let's destigmatize all stis right it's like yeah absolutely i mean everybody i mean practice safe sex but um, some people on this call have hpv and it's not a big deal you could slip and fall and get it you know what are you gonna yeah (laughs) (laughs) you can't handle it you're like what are you gonna do but uh yeah i think like it, it should be poking fun at itself as well and it's not which is like and it's not a white it's just like vehicle. it's actually really sinister and like kind of violent like the death the kills aren't like even that fun like jenna's kill is yikes like it is really brutal and probably the most brutal and i mean we're used to the slut getting the most brutal death but it's just like it hit different. Don't it you hit think? different. Yeah. yeah, I think like even compared to like we don't even see Ben die. I guess this would come in the come in the sequel, but I he just he gets just his arm ripped out. off. Yeah. yeah, like that's not. He doesn't get mouth fucked to death by a chainsaw. Like if he's you know there's and I don't know. Yeah. We haven't even talked about Victor Crowley and how sad and ableist his story is. Shall we get into it? I don't even Um, know. It's so obvious how bad it is. I feel like we, like, the villain origin story being that the person is different or disabled has to not be a thing anymore. It has to stop. That's just not believable. Uh, It's not, like, it's not conscious of, like, what 
like nuanced identities people like I don't know like why can't we have someone with like a really confusing complicated villain origin story like if if the villain is a woman she's usually uh motivated by like motherhood or being like scorned in love yeah revenge and I feel like so often when the villain is like I mean, you know who's got a great villain origin story? Michael Myers. Because he has, like, basically no origin story. He's, he's like, ch- just like a blank slate. He's just like a yeah. white... He's like a white boy child who went... Who just, like, snapped. Just, like, lost it. Yeah. And can only think know. of violence. Why is that better than this? Like, that's better it's than It's so this. much better than this. Because yeah. it's, it also paints the story that anyone who is differently able than what, like, our media allows us to see is going to snap one day and violently murder people just because. And, like, yeah, like, you should be wary You should be scared of them. People, like, experiencing life with a disability are, like, volatile and could, like, snap at any time. Also, Marcus, fucking Marcus, calling Victor the dead elephant man, I was like, please make it stop. But make that's, it, again, make it like... Over. Adam Green using this black man to have all of his sins forgiven. It, yeah, he's he right. He's just using him as a surrogate to like express all his shitty opinions, uh, and make it like hide behind like Marcus's blackness so that mm-hmm. the, they're more acceptable. I mean, what the hell? And also the yeah the idea that someone who looks different than the other people in this movie is scary because he looks that way. It's. Yeah. Bad. It is bad and it like perpetuates violence against people who look who might look like this or who might be disabled yeah. or different or shaped Just differently than what we're not to have see. like the same body shape. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like understand. I like I feel like it's sloppy, it's careless. Like sloppy. most much of the writing is careless and sloppy in this movie, but like your movie to be good has to like hinge on something real and hinging on just like he looked different and the kids were mean (laughs) is not working for me personally (laughs) i would have liked it if a little bit more if it was like a mrs Voorhees kind of thing because it almost seemed like that was going to happen again because this is basically a ripoff of friday the 13th but in a swamp instead of at camp crystal lake but yeah if it was mr mr crowley Crowley. that would have been a movie that That would have been been the better movie or yeah plus like it would have been kind of an interesting take on that like parenthood trope because it's not like it's not a mom a mom and a son moms and their fucking sons jesus yeah uh but yeah it's like you're ma- so there the story is set in like a father-son dynamic of course set up first by pa and ainsley and then set up by victor and mr crowley and then this mother character played by mary beth whose name is also mary like how much more on the nose can you be she has to come in and try to like seek revenge also why are like why are like jenna and misty like slutty slut names like why did white men like misty misty why did white men just decide what was going to be coded as like virginal names versus like slutty names i blame the crucibles yeah i have to be it's like (laughs) biblical sort of and like also very racist like you know only biblical white Anglo-Saxon names are acceptable. Um, Adam. 
Um, the plot Adam thickens. And Eve. Anyway, I yeah, I just, I don't like, I don't, I think that the actor, Mary Beth's actor, uh, she did a great job, but I don't like Mary Beth as a character. She's like pretty she, boring. The actor did Amara best. Zaragoza, who was, she did Gossip Girl. She did Dirty Sexy Money. She was in other stuff, I'm sure. And God bless her, she dropped out of this series after the first movie and did good not star in the sequels, so good for her. But everyone else did. Uh, I think Dion Richmond did it. Uh, Mercedes McNabb, who plays Misty, just, did it. Sorry, I just want to back up for a minute here. Um, so on IMDb, people can add tags to, and like keywords, plot keywords. Um, and I just want to list some of the keywords for you. Let's do it. Bisexual. (sighs) Bisexuality. Bisexual girl. Characters murdered one by one. Chlamydia. Chlamydia? (laughs) Yep. Is like, it bisexual because a man is telling two women to kiss? That's not bisexuality. That's not bisexuality. You're misunderstanding. And there's a lot of there's a lot of bi erasure in our culture, and like this isn't helping anybody with that at there's all. Some more breasts. <laughs> I don't know why that one really got me. Breasts. No survivors. Cemetery. Incest joke. Raccoon. Oh yeah, the so Misty and Jenna make this really weird incest joke where they're like insulting each other because they hate each other and think the other is ridiculous. And then Misty tells Jenna to go suck her oh, dad's dick. Her dad. yeah. And then she's like, "I'll do it right after you're done." Like, is that an insult? Is that a jab back? Like that, I think you just double down on your own insult against you're yourself. Just like, yeah, like so I weird. Don't, I don't think it works. Uh, So these are the last two keywords that I'm going to read to you. Um, They're more like key phrases. First one, lifting a male into the air. (laughs) Second one, lifting a female into the air. (laughs) You got to get both sides of the story. Um, Boy, what a mess. Um, I mean, I'm sure we could talk more, but here we are. There's a lot to say. I think an hour and 10 minutes. Um, we have to be done now. Yeah. I just like, I have to go eat the rice that I made us late to recording because I had to make. (laughs) It's like, I need to do it now. Uh, yeah. So anything else you want to say? Any closing thoughts on Hache? Uh, it's a bad movie. I stand by Yeah, I'm going to say don't watch this one. I would spend your time just watching Friday the 13th because it will be more satisfying. But use us as a can- like a commentary, like watch the episode, but listen to the podcast. I think you'll have a better time. Yeah, I mean, it's only like an hour and 20 minutes long. But if you're not into like blood spray, maybe That's it's not true, movie for yeah. you. <laughs> it's not for you. Um, so next week, did we set our sights on next week yet? Um, we, yeah. Oh, we're going in the slightly way back machine. Not way, way back, but kind of back to 1988 and we're gonna do child's play it's my first ever viewing can't wait i love child's play i love chucky i love the story it's really bad really campy so campy can't wait we love camp yeah i think we need to i 
like we've kind of been in like a 2000s like wormhole so it'll be nice to get out of that and then i think we need to do like a better movie it's like a good movie <laughs> like a good movie i need like do that i need like a another like ganja and hess sort of palette cleanser yeah or like a and raw I, think, I need something else i think we should do something with like women and BIPOC in it like I not agree. in the way that this movie featured them yeah uh so what do you want to fuck this week we've got plenty of stuff to choose from I'm gonna say fuck Adam Green for sure yeah in a bad way if y'all want to go like over to Twitter and dox Adam Green we're not gonna do tell you it. not to <laughs> um I fuck ableism fuck like perpetuating violence on like differently abled or like people who aren't shaped like you uh fuck, fuck racism. the nice guy myth for sure <laughs> um and fuck tony himself, todd but not really Ooh, fuck tony todd in a nice in way. a nice way all right we'll talk to you next week peeps we love you okay oh wait you can find us on instagram oh i always forget yeah Okay, at, go ahead, man. Uh, at spooky underscore cast. We've got a Patreon that's also at spooky succubus cast, I think. You can email us I don't I don't if you want. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it's uh, Gmail spooky succubus cast. No underscore there. Wow. Perfect delivery. Was that great? I think I, I, <laughs> I deserve an award. Okay. Uh, 